We're here with uh, another special guest for you here on a Wednesday. He is Mark Pritchard, who is uh, an author and expert on near-death and out-of-body experiences. Let's say good morning to Mark. How are you, Mark? Morning, Don, and fine, thanks. Are you from this country? No, I'm from the UK. The UK? Yep. What have you written? A course in astral travel and dreams, and uh, soon to be released, The Peace of the Spirit Within. Do any of those, either of those books have anything to do with uh, the near-death experiences? Yes, A Course in Astral Travel and Dreams does. Uh, astral travel being uh, an out-of-body experience. There is, I just found this out since we've uh, lined you up as a guest, but there is uh, such a thing as the International Association for Near-Death Studies, uh, I-A-N-D-S, and are you involved with that in any way? No, I'm not involved with that. Um, that's a collection of academics that um, meets once a year. Uh, it's founded about 1978. Um, it's quite quite a well-known organization in the near-death field, but it has a slightly different emphasis than the one that I give it. It purely looks at the study of anecdotal accounts, that's people's accounts of near-death experiences, and also what happens to the body uh, in near-death experiences. What do they do? Talk to people who've uh, either died and come back or have been close to death to find out what their experience was? Yes, that's right. I mean, that would be the only way we could investigate that particular experience, uh, the phenomenon of, of being close to death. Uh, what sort of reports of visions and out-of-body experiences have uh, been found? Well, they tend to be common reports. Uh, the experience itself can be shared amongst people of various uh, cultures, um, even religious beliefs. These things don't tend to matter so much in the near-death experience. Um, the common things which tend to happen is there being, first of all, an out-of-body experience where um, someone feels that they're floating out of their body. Um, then sometimes it's, it's a dark tunnel that appears um, with a light at the end of it. Um, then there can be these, this peaceful sensation or presence or even a, a spiritual being. Um, people can meet um, deceased relatives. And very often there's a kind of review of one's life which happens um, in which the, a person goes back over their lives and, and goes through every little part of it which seems strange because it would take a lifetime to really do that, and yet um, the accounts are that they go through this in a relatively short time and yet somehow perceive um, their thoughts and feelings and, uh, importantly, I think, how they've caused harm to other people. I guess and this is where... Really remorseful about that. This is where the, the expression, my life, life flashed in front of my eyes, comes from? 
you some connection with that. Um, but that that review is common, but su surprisingly, uh, it doesn't really happen in children. And the review starts from about the age of seven, but the children have pretty much the same kinds of experiences as adults, but they don't generally go through that review. Isn't there also something in there about seeing a bright light? Yes. Uh, this is very common. People see a bright light. And that's, that's when it's a kind of a spiritual type near-death experience. But there are some near-death experiences which are not pleasant. And in about 15% uh, of cases of people who have near-death experiences, those people have unpleasant experiences in which it's more just just to give it a broad brush it's more hellish than heavenly if you know what I mean there's no really no way to tell what really happens to you when you die because nobody has actually ever come back from being dead I mean truly dead yeah it depends how far dead is and that people get up to a point in a near-death experience and then they say that they have to, something tells them to go back, or they, they feel that they must go back. And so they never really totally disappear. They're not completely gone. But in a sense, it's, it's as close to death as someone can get. And so I think that we can look at that and say, well, it's highly likely that a death, at least this is the start of the process, but I feel that there is another way to to explore this, and that is through out-of-body experiences while being alive, so that you don't have to go through a near-death experience to to know what happens or to to feel that there is um, life beyond the body. Have you had one of those? Yes, I've had many of those, lots of those. I I learned how to have them. How do you do that? It's a matter of um, concentrating the mind when going to sleep. Um, when we sleep, we, we just normally fall into dreams. But if we focus our minds as we're falling asleep and we get it right, then we can have an out-of-body experience. We just float up out of the body in a similar way to people who have near-death experiences do. I've found that if I try to focus my mind before I go to sleep, I can't go to sleep. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the first stage is to relax. So you have to be relaxed to be able to go to sleep. So often when we try to focus our mind and we don't relax the body, then we'll just, like you say, stay awake. We, we can't sleep. We relax and then you concentrate and focus on something. And then as you go into sleep, then instead of falling into dreams and just blacking out, you lift out of your body. We'll be back to explore this a little further with Mark Pritchard, author and expert on near-death and out-of-body experiences, in just a moment. Mark Pritchard on the line with us. He's a, uh, an author and expert on near-death and out-of-body experiences. He's attempting to explain this phenomenon. And uh, we're talking about some of his own out-of-body experiences that have uh, nothing to do with dying. 
explain again, Mark, how it is you are able to get out of your body and why would you want to? You get out of your body by concentrating your mind as you go into sleep and then you, you just lift out of it and you float out just as someone in a near-death experience does. You'd want to do this, I think. Um, and where do you go? You go to another dimension, basically, another plane of existence. Uh, you can't see it here, but it exists. Um, we've got the three-dimensional world. We've got the fourth-dimensional world, which is time. And then we have the fifth-dimensional world, which is, is beyond time. And uh, we can only see the action of the fifth-dimensional world on um, random particles, which is um, something that we're only just discovering is is beyond the laws of this plane. The, their actions just don't tie in with anything that we know about in this, this dimension. Can Any, anybody do this? Anybody astral project or, or have an out-of-body experience, do you mean? Have an out-of-body experience. Yeah, anybody can have an out-of-body experience. Anybody at all. I've never had one. Well, they happen spontaneously to about one in ten of the population. So, okay, And how would you. I know if I had one? Oh, you'd know because it's a real event. It's something that, that happens to you. Just like you, you say sitting down, you know you're sitting down. If you come out of your body, you know you're coming out of your body. And um, I'm sure that most of the 10% of people who've had one will say that, look, this is something that actually happens. It's not a hallucination. It's not a dream. It's not imagination. It's actually happening. Well, how would you describe this whatever it is that comes out of your body? What is it? The soul? You could, could give it a term, the soul. It's more or less what we are minus the body. If you think of all your thoughts, your emotions, consciousness, um, all of that, all of our psychology, all of our psyche, minus the body, basically, because the the body is is part of the matter of this dimension, but the this consciousness, the psyche, is not. You never did tell us where you went when you went out of your body. I mean, what do you see? Everything looks exactly as it does here. Okay, there can be changes for one reason or another, but basically it looks just as it does here. Um, it's the same place. It's not a different place. It, it's um, it's just another plane of existence. I mean, if you were in your bedroom, in your bed, and had this out-of-body experience, could you then go to another room? Or to another yep. uh, another house, another planet? Yes, you can. And you can see things there. Um, let's say you, you go out of your, your house and you look on the roof. You can see things on the roof that you can't see, obviously, when you're sleeping and that you didn't even know were there. And then you can wake up, come back to your body and go and check what's on the roof and you'll find that uh, you've seen it pretty accurately. I still haven't figured out why you'd want to do this. Well, one reason is that it gives us a perspective on life. It makes us see that we're not just this body. And then you kind of think, well, 
what else is it? What else is going on? And and then you can search really uh, in a way that you can't search really deep mysteries, if you like, like death. What happens at death? You can find out that by being out of the body to a certain extent. I think we've got a caller on the line. It's Steve, I believe. Is he still there? Good morning, Steve. Hey, Don. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. I don't know if what I experienced was out of body. Uh, a year ago, August 31st, I was in a terrible accident in Tennessee, uh, south part of Tennessee. And I was in a hospital for eight days in Chattanooga, Tennessee, six of which they said I was in a coma. I don't remember the accident. I don't remember anything about it totally. But I do remember that I had what felt like were dreams, but they all included my parents, who both were deceased, and they were of events that had taken place before. But they just seemed like dreams to me, and I've discussed this with other people, but I I didn't know if your guest might know if that was considered out of body. Uh, I don't. I didn't feel like I was floating anywhere. Or it just seemed like they were dreams, and I, I was unaware until I woke up that they were actually dreams. And I thought I was dreaming the whole time, and, but it was eight days later. Mark, is that what an out-of-body experience would feel like, like a dream? That sounds more like a dream, but was there anything in that that made you think that it was more than a dream? Well, I mean, they were experiences that I had uh, actually done like reoccurrences of like playing cards. We used to set up at, at night and play till two or three o'clock in the morning playing canasta, a card game, and and it it just seemed real at the time. But it you know I I know it wasn't real, but it just seemed like it was happening. But it, but to me when I when I came out of the coma, I felt like it was I was just dreaming the whole time. Didn't realize that I was been in a coma for six days. Often when people are in a coma, they go through past events in in their life, and it could have been something to do with that. Um, You see, we have like a a model of the world in our minds, and when we dream, we, we are in this model, it becomes real for us, and so past events Thank you for calling. That's uh, surprising that we got a call on that. My producer has, has asked a rather interesting question. Yeah. Wants to know if he lifts out of his body and his, what happens if his essence goes back to the wrong place? It won't happen. We are connected to the body when we're out of it by a silver cord. A I silver mean, cord? Silver cord, yeah. It's like... Um, a cord that sends back messages to the body. So when we dream, you can see uh, the body is is responding to those dreams, is moving. Um, if you look in the book of Ecclesiasticus, you see that it mentions there that death, the silver cord is cut 
Who cuts it? Well, you could say, I don't know, angels, spiritual beings. God. Whatever term. But Do you believe in the there. hereafter? Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure that out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences really show that there is a hereafter. Would you care to take a guess as to where you go if you actually die and the silver cord is cut? You mean generally most people? Yeah. It seems most people would go in that tunnel and go towards the light. Some, peop some a, people a have done statistic. that. Some people have actually done that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's a lot of, uh, of cases of people who've had near-death experiences. They, they go through this tunnel towards this light, towards something spiritual. You've got about 15, maybe 20% who have negative experiences. So um, beyond that then, uh, well, that's another matter, you know. But there does seem to be these two very different, almost opposite things that people go through, which does tie in with a, a kind of a religious um, a belief or influence of there being a heaven or a hell. Do you believe in either one? Well, uh, from my travels over the body, I have seen that there are there are places or states that are heavenly and likewise places, states that are hellish, negative. Um, so, as far as belief, well, uh, I suppose, but uh, I, I have some sort of evidence from my own um, research that these things exist. But I can't prove that to anybody, obviously. That's just what I've discovered for myself. I can't bring back any substance from heaven or substance from um, any hellish sort of a place and say, look, here it is, here's proof. We're talking with Mark Pritchard, author and expert on near-death and out-of-body experiences. We'll have a few more minutes on the other side of this break. About four more minutes remaining on this, a Wednesday edition of Don Markwell's Viewpoint. The last few minutes we've been talking to Mark Pritchard, author and expert on near-death and out-of-body experiences, who says he himself has had many out-of-body experiences and is, has explained what it uh, what it feels like. Wonder, Mark, uh, when you're having one of those out-of-body experiences, do you ever run into anybody else who is also having an out-of-body experience? Yes, I've done that quite a few times. And uh, I know many other people who've also done it. Do you uh, communicate with them? Yes, just as you can here. And uh, when you, you wake up again, when you're back in your body, you can talk about it. Um, we've even had uh, people meeting at a distance who never knew each other. But uh, we set up an exercise on uh, one of the courses that I, I teach. And um, people projected to a place and they met in that place and uh, when they were writing on forums uh, they, they found um, th they found each other and they had met and um, talked out of the body in a place that had been set uh, as, a, as a goal to reach in the astral plane 
and they'd never met each other before that. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. It's really out of the ordinary. Um, you have, do you believe in, uh, this is slightly off the, this near death and, and out of body experience subject, but do you believe in reincarnation? Sandy, got Sandy on the line right now. Good morning, Sandy. Hi there. I find this interesting. Um, I'm such a skeptic, as you know. But uh, let me ask you this. Um, now, with this near-death experiences and the out-of-body experiences, these are the same kinds of things people experience when they take different um, hallucinogens and just different kinds of drugs and and the um, anesthetics that people have before and during operations, whatever. Don't you think that this may be some sort of physiologically some kind of a, a brain activity and a visual cortex activity because that's part of the tunnel thing that people see. Right. Okay, then how would you explain the case, for example, one of many, mm -hmm. of a woman who dies on the operating table. Um, she says she goes out of her body, sees what's happening uh, around the operation, comes out of the the hospital room up to the roof sees a red shoe on the top of the roof is revived tells the staff the medical staff what's happened uh, they go up to the roof they retrieve the shoe and they say that shoe was only visible from the air you couldn't see it from the ground mm -hmm. and all that happened during the time when the woman was apparently dead no brain activity whatsoever so how okay, could uh, you say that something like that is, is caused by um, drugs or hormones or neurological activity in the brain or anything like that? Well, she was in the hospital where you take or ingest a tremendous amount of drugs depending on what your condition is. Yeah, but if you're in bed, there's no way you're going to be able to see what's on top of a roof. I find those kind of things interesting, but that, once again, is anecdotal when it comes to really, if you're talking about scientific research, and pretty much science has rebuked most of the kind of, uh, rebuked most of the kind of findings of the folks who were into this kind of astral projection, whatever. I think it's nice because one of the good things about it is that when people do come out of a near-death experience or one of these astral projections, that they have a different kind of, all throughout the world, they do have a better sense of self and are more generous and loving, so maybe there's nothing wrong with it, but I think there are probably really, like you're saying, neurological and physiological kind of explanations for it. Sandy, we got to go. Hi. Thanks for calling. See you Hi. tomorrow. And Mark Richard, thanks for being our guest. I found it all rather strange, but we appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Thanks, Don. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.